everyone to our listeners um this is the dishes and dimes podcast um today's a special episode it's not a traditional layout we thought we'd do a commemorative episode to talk about um the life and legacy of kobe bryant um who unfortunately perished in a freak accident on sunday um along with other parents and children including his own daughter 13 year old gianna in a helicopter accident in LA. We thought that, um, we thought it would be best to record an episode with myself, Yasmin, and Sandy in order to properly discuss, um, celebrate, reconcile with, understand parts of such a polarizing figure in basketball, in pop culture. And it's probably a better outlet to do it in conversation rather than on Twitter where nuance can often get lost but yeah so thank you sandy for joining me in this conversation no problem um, so in order to discuss um kobe i think we'd get into the into the basketball aspect first as a raptors fan this is a raptors and nba podcast so of mm-hmm. course we have to tie it into the team right um and it's so interesting that the i remember i think it was on episode one where we were discussing how um, players oftentimes have their career nights, their signature <laughs> games, signature games versus the Toronto <laughs> Raptors. Something about the team just—I don't know—it just brings out the worst or best. It depends on what side you're looking at it from. <laughs> out of players, I don't know what they're trying to prove, <laughs> but of course, uh, I think the the most statement <clears throat> game um, in that frame uh, would be Kobe's 81 point game. Against the Raptors, yeah, eighty-one. Yep, yep. Like it's some oftentimes in the three-point era, in the new, um, in the uh, pace and space era, mm-hmm. uh, scoring has is happening at a level we've never seen before. But eighty-one is still insane. <laughs> like eighty-one is a number that not even James Harden has reached yet. It's just it's to put it into perspective. Cr- it's crazy. It's pretty crazy. Um, what year was it? It was 06. Okay. January 06. So give so, us the rundown, Sandy. So pretty much I, I went back and rewatched this game because I was like, okay, how did this happen? Um, <laughs> why why was someone hitting 81 points on you? And Not just anyone. Kobe, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Kobe Ben Bryant. Of the um, Lakers of Los Angeles. <laughs> and it was hilarious because the Raptors were leading for the majority of that game. That's wild. Like that's, for the majority so of that brand. game. Like so on brand. Up until the literally up until early third quarter, uh, they were leading significantly throughout that game. And so I was trying to figure out how <laughs> how how that happened and um when you look at the stats, I mean, incredible. Seven of 13 from three. 
that's wild. That that's wild in 06, but it's still in wild. It's still in wild now. Like for seven sure. to thirteen from three is a career night for a lot of guys. For a lot of guys. For so a lot I can't of guys. even imagine in an era where you know that wasn't even the norm. Like twenty-eight of forty-six. <laughs> he had two assists. If that's not the most Kobe ass. <laughs> Wait, he had eighty-one points and two assists. Two. One two. We oftentimes make fun of Norman Powell for his twenty-one and one games. Yeah. Oh, now we know. We now know. Now we know why, right? Now we know why he does that because he learned from the best, right? Um, and he made eighteen points from the line, seven of thirteen from three. Who, do you remember who was guarding him for the majority of the time? So the majority of the time was actually Jalen Rose, but Sam Mitchell tried a couple of things. He tried man man. He tried zone. Nothing was working. <laughs> That's so funny because, like, now in like, kind of in retrospect, like, um, the Raptors do everything they can to completely erase superstar players exactly. um, from the offense and force role players to beat them. But the tactics seem completely different here, where it was funnel all the offense to Kobe Bryant and pray that he won't beat you single-handedly. Which right. for a lot of superstar players, like they will, they will beat you single-handedly. They can do it. Especially in this era. Where exactly. Like you, what you're supposed to do is mm. um, kind of make everything difficult for them and force the role players who are more limited in their skill sets to try and beat you, which yeah. doesn't always go well. Like it's yielded good results today for the Raptors, but it's just kind right. of funny in contrast. It, it's really funny. And to start the game, um, the broadcaster, I don't know, it was at LA broadcasters. So I'm not quite sure what his name was, but he said, oh, the Raptors started the season off one, 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 one win, 15 losses. And it just hit me how much oh my God. the team has grown from then. Like, no, like what? when you have, how many years of winning is it now? Like the last seven years, seven Larry's years? been here eight years. And I feel like the second year he was here is when like they started, started to really turn things around. Right. So that's like seven years of watchable, successful winning basketball. Mm-hmm. And it kind of yeah. gets lost on you. It really does. That, um, that Kobe Bryant dropped 81 points on you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't realize how bad it was, especially mm-hmm. now. Like, we're so comfortable. We know that we're going to be at the top of the East. But at one point, Kobe hit. <laughs> one of 15. <laughs> <laughs> one of 15, and somebody hit. 81 points and we were winning in the third like does that actually make sense Mm, and it's and it's even more interesting when you think about the fact that you know DeMar DeRozan was a a franchise player um who took so much pride um in modeling his game after Kobe Bryant right um being able to get to the line at will um, his mid-range game, um, elite footwork. Kevin Durant said that DeMar DeRozan had, like, the best footwork in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting, like, one of the things that I think DeMar himself has stated that he wishes he was playing in a different era because of how his game um, doesn't fit in doesn't today's fit NBA. Yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of tragic when you think about <laughs> it. Um, you know, it's going to be... Maybe this is homerism, but I, I do think Lowry kind of reminds me of Kobe. I think Alex um, McKechnie said that. Oh. So, um, <laughs> like today or yesterday. Okay, okay. Said, and, he, and he was literally with the, the Lakers. Lakers. Yeah, mm-hmm. in-house um, medical head of medicine 
or, you know, sports science rather. Um, and he won the rings with them. He right. helped save Shaq's career after he had almost like a career ending injury. Right. They swear by him. Um, I think he was, um, he was laid off um, when they were making major cuts to the team. Um, and then he found a home um, with the Raptors. With the Raptors. It's interesting. He said that <laughs> Lowry's work ethic. That's interesting. Um, and his winning mentality reminds him of Kobe Bryant, which is like so unorthodox and interesting. I love that answer. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's so easy to say like Kawhi Leonard and right. yeah, um, no. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and stuff. Like scores which are that kind obviously, of love to take over. Right, which are obviously the, the players that you would think of. But, but he went with the guy he knew. Dog mentality with Lowry. Like there's, like, he's he not going to quit. Exactly. Like, if you watch Kyle <laughs> regularly, like, he provides, like, this type of comfort where you mm-hmm. know that something right will happen. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I don't get that with, I don't get that with many players in the NBA. And if I do, it tends to be, like, a superstar player. You know what I mean? But he has, like, his his own limitations and his physique and a skill set. But he still has that, like, larger-than-life Mamba mentality, right. so to speak. Right. Um. But yeah, like it's interesting. We've 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 had Demar Derozan. Mm-hmm. We've had we have Norman Powell, who's someone else who prides himself in modeling his game after Kobe Bryant. And then right. we have we had Kawhi Leonard, who's <laughs> we had. probably like one of the most carbon copies of right. him on the Raptors too. That's kind of that's kind of crazy. You know, it is. It's it's pretty crazy. Um, it's going to continue to um, influence the NBA long after you know this year long after his passing it seems uh, it's, it's just strange to even hear it really is like it's weird to say you know and i think the reason why it's weird to say it's like um because of the pedestal we put on celebrities mm-hmm. kind of like death is like it's such a human thing no matter how tragic it oftentimes is right it's such a natural and normal thing that people go through every single day mm-hmm but when someone is elevated to iconic status, right. the fact that they could perish in such a freak accident is so unfathomable and just adds to the tragedy. It really um, does. And it, and it kind of encapsulates his whole career. You know, we've seen media kind of touch on it about the accusations that he faced. I think it was, what was it, 05? 04. 04, yeah, something, something, something around then. Like, mm-hmm. I remember him... <clears throat> Michael Jackson and R. Kelly were all in the news at the same time. <laughs> right. Like, you know what? Like, now that you say it, that's crazy, it was, it was a wild bro. era. It was a wild yeah. era. I think Mike Tyson as well. It was just a God wild time. It. <laughs> it was a wild time. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, no, you're totally right. It I, was, a, I know ahead. it's tough for a lot of women um, to kind of deal with, especially women who are fans of the NBA, mm-hmm. trying to find the balance between talking about this acknowledging a, a fact of his career something that was played out so obviously in front of the world like his apology to his wife and the statements that he released and the right. identity of his victim and etc like for a lot of people um in order to accept him as their basketball savior it oftentimes requires erasing the victim or calling them out as liars as um, malicious Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. It's hard to find that balance because you view this person as as they're larger than life. Um, their skills are beyond anything that you can comprehend or you can imagine doing yourself. Um, you, they're a part of your childhood, 
to a degree, you know, for many of us. Exactly. I think that's why that so many people felt this kind of visceral reaction Reaction. to death, like so emotional. Like that's someone from my childhood, a constant in my life that just disappeared. You know what I mean? You know, it's, it's hard. mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's it's really hard as a woman um, who loves this sport to reconcile the fact that, you know, you can love this person, love this player, appreciate their talents and their abilities and the, and the fact that he had this passion for what he did and he was a part of your childhood while sim- simultaneously understanding that he did something really horrible to someone. Mm-hmm. And, and it becomes it, a lot easier to um, understand and accept without any sort of cognitive dissonance where you have to believe one thing and ignore the other and right. kind of ignore a side of somebody when you just acknowledge the fact that he's human. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. it can be true that this person was um, an abuser at one point in their life and was right. also a great father and maybe a great husband. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. oftentimes we accept that abusers are not boogeymen in the alleyway. They're often people exactly. that you know, people that you respect, people mm-hmm. that you're, you know, family you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's so hard for us to put two and two together and maybe think that this person that we've looked up to as children um, harmed somebody it in may any not way. Be perfect. And it's, right. it's interesting because when you kind of look at um, how the rest of his life post-basketball played out, to me, it looked like somebody trying to find redemption. You know what Atone- I mean? Atonement. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like trying to right wrongs like you look at how he took his daughter under his under his wing how he was trying to um groom her for the league for the WNBA Mm -hmm. um really put in work in uplifting women's basketball and investing in um girls basketball specifically um and taking pride in being a father of daughters a girl oftentimes yeah exactly people (laughs) often ask him um can't he isn't he excited to one day have a son or uh, is he going to keep trying to have a son one day and he seemed very content having all having girls. daughters and it's it's interesting because you can't you can't say that that side of a person is a lie right you know what I mean right, right. Um, I think it becomes easier when you accept that um, that he's a human being he was a human being um, a flawed human being who right. did rights and who did wrongs like a lot of people out there, you know what I mean? Right. And I think with this particular situation, with the rape allegations, um, the reason why I am able to still love Kobe is because in his statement, um, after the fact, he spoke on feeling like he had consent and the, the their interaction was consensual, but he could understand after listening to her testimony why she didn't feel like it was consensual. And that's as close to accountability as we've gotten with these types of cases. Exactly. He was coming forth and saying that um, perhaps I was in the wrong here. Right. You know what I mean? Which is very strange in that situation. Like, well, I, it's so rare that you ever see that from a accused celebrity. I mean, yeah. we can. But it also shows those who are defending him and, you know, spitting vitriol at his victim need to understand that even he understood that he perhaps did something exactly. wrong. <laughs> I think a lot of it is that people actually didn't read about the case. They heard about it and they made up their mind that they were going to side with Kobe because Kobe... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if you think about it, like, in these cases, especially civil suits, the victim is anonymous. Right. You know, the alleged victim is anonymous in these situations. And right. then you have this um, nameless, faceless figure accusing your childhood hero... 
right. of something. So of the something. immediate reaction is for people to um, to fight defend. it. Yeah, you defend know what I mean? To fight. defend right. this person who ultimately you don't even know. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. You have an um, idea of who they are, but you don't know them personally. You don't know what they're capable of. Uh-huh. Um, exactly. Like it, it, that's that's the point that often gets lost in this. Like we don't know these people. You know what I mean? Like like what do you expect? You not if you expect um, like if you're a woman, you know not to walk around in life expecting the rapist to look like a rapist. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And they rarely ever do. They're not going to yeah. oh, pop yeah. up in the dark exactly. most of the time. Exactly. Um, we've missed the opportunity to really delve into rape culture as a whole. And mm-hmm. People really should have use this as an opportunity to discuss further. Right. You know. Um, and I think we missed that when it initially happened. So there mm-hmm. was no nuance because all the sports writers were scared to really delve into the implications. Or made it salacious. Right. Um, they didn't want to delve into the implications of having the face of the NBA be someone who sexually assaulted someone. Like, it just wasn't something that people really want to discuss. I feel like they had no capacity to even discuss it or dissect it or speak about it in a, in a um, culturally sensitive way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you go yeah. from talking about sports and you talk about the Knights game to right. talking about a rape accusation. That, like, what is I'm your exactly. frame of... Exactly. Like Right. That's and, valid. You know, you had a lot of people um, online kind of wondering, like, why are people celebrating this guy? Why are people mourning the loss of a man um, who was um, an abuser? Mm-hmm. And it's like, this guy wasn't alone. You know what I mean? He was right. on a air, he was on a helicopter with his daughter. This baby. Who, who did nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it kind of erases her um, from the tragedy of it all and all right. of the victims that were on that aircraft like it's so devastating it's it's so devastating like, and I there not... a lot of um tributes did you see the um brooklyn game brooklyn detroit i think it was no i missed they it put, they put like a bouquet of flowers where they were sitting a courtside oh, you know wow. from that um meme that went viral oh my gosh um and i think at the all-star game they changed the rules for the the game at for the East versus West game. So basically what they're going to do, it took me, I had to read several times <laughs> in order to fully understand. Yeah, I didn't get it. I was just like, okay, what they're I'm trying to do. Dumb. So basically they're going to reset the score after mm-hmm. every quarter. So the mm-hmm. first, second, and third quarter. Mm-hmm. Then at the fourth quarter, they're going to take everyone's like cumulative score right. and make it so that they have to, um, the lead... <laughs> <laughs> So that the team that has the leading score, so say there are two teams, right. the, East, the East team has um, 95 points and the West team has 100 points. Right. So the team with the most points has to score 24 more and the team with 95 has to score 24 plus the five de- plus the- deficit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> um, they have to score 29. So okay. they have to get... They, so they, Okay, <laughs> let me try, this, let me try okay. that again. So basically... <laughs> So the team with the more the most score has like a hundred points, right? Right. They have to get they have to add twenty four to their point. So the first, so the total score, uh, the 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 goal score becomes one hundred and twenty four. Both sides have to get to one hundred and twenty four as fast as they can, and there will be no time in the fourth quarter. Oh, that's lit. So it's gonna be interesting. I'm feeling that. That's lit. 
it'll be interesting because the, the team that's losing would have to play defense. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the first in the All-Star game. Yeah, so it'll make it, we might see oh, Lowry might take see a charge. Defense. Oh my God. No, but like, I'm nervous. I like, there's something about players playing defense during the All-Star game that makes me extremely nervous because I'm like, yeah. this doesn't matter. They get hurt. <laughs> this doesn't matter. Please. Like Exactly. And you know Lowry's going to take a charge. You just know. He might not. Honestly, Lowry, he might please. not. Please, I feel Larry. like he's. I feel like he's very technically sound every All Star game. <laughs> like he's just taking threes, layups, running the offense. Just like it's got a regular it game. The bear, like everyone's know, trying to dunk and do flashy, right. um, do flashy things. Right, and he's trying to run the team. He's just trying to run the offense. Okay, let's do pick and roll now. <laughs> oh goodness! But um, yeah, um, it's interesting. It's a, and then there's a there's a charitable. Uh, prize at the end which is very oh that's cool. awesome like i really like that yeah it should be more money it's half a million it should be far more than it that should be far more i love how they announced the prize is half a million and then they announced that the um new cap for next season is like 150 million dollars <laughs> in the priorities in like the, guys priorities like what does that make sense like does that make i i wonder if like the PR people ever just sit there and they're like, literally, you guys really want me to tweet about this? Like, you really want me to say that we're giving $500,000 to a charity when we can afford, like, to give millions? And then someone's deal, like, there's going to be a time, I think if Giannis stays in Milwaukee, his uh-huh. deal would be, like, five years and, like, for a quarter billion. Jesus Christ. So you think they'd be able Jeez. to muster up a better charitable prize but you know it's something i guess and it's basically the charity of the winner's choice in chicago which is cool that's cool i like that. yeah that's gonna be interesting i i might actually watch the all-star game yeah it might i usually uh i'll watch i'll watch the highlights like i'll kind of half watch the first quarter and then i just Mm -hmm. watch the highlights like i can't be bothered so yeah i'll watch a couple of minutes of like each raptor just to get an idea of what's going on but i actually might watch this year so i can get the full tampering experience yeah i'm so we'll excited have... about that like we get yeah. to actually tamper this year it's not us sitting back waiting <laughs> to, to have quite the fine who cares 50 50 000, i'll pay it like put it onto my student loans <laughs> i'll take the fall for it i wonder if we're gonna get like a, a like a clip of like masai watching court side he'll be court side <laughs> I need that kind of petty Messiah. So actually, yeah, we have reasons for watching the All-Star game, you know, aside from probably, they're probably going to have a number of Kobe tributes um, throughout the events, which would be interesting. Um, But yeah, it'll be, it'll be a, I might actually watch it this season. (laughs) Right. Oh, and Aaron Gordon's going to be at the dunk contest and he was really good in Toronto's dunk dunk contest in like 2016. Oh, so that's going to be fun. It might be Liddy. Yeah. I might watch it this time. But anyways, um, I think it's time we wrapped up this conversation. Yes. Thank um, you so much for talking with me, Sandy. That was actually a great conversation. I yeah, it was very um, enlightening. It, it was very enlightening. It was good to get it out. Um, it's good course, to talk to a girl about this kind of thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like, we're a woman-led podcast. It would be, mm-hmm. we couldn't dismiss the allegations. I think it's an important conversation to have. And maybe in the future, we could delve real deeply into um, rape culture as a whole oh yeah um yeah but all that being said 
in sports altogether. In sports, yeah, yeah, absolutely, because it's huge. But, you know, we don't want allegations to be the story here. We just felt like we needed to discuss it because we hadn't exactly. really like, discussed it in nuance. We hadn't seen that co- the conversation in nuance. And it's dishonest to completely ignore that facet of right. his life. It's very... It's just complete, it's completely blocking out, you know, a couple of years. But I, you know, I wanted to talk about it in the scheme of his overall legacy. Right. His overall immeasurable legacy. Right. So anyways, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you want to engage, um, you guys can tweet the Dishes and Dimes podcast mm-hmm. Twitter account. Yep. Um, we would be glad to take any questions. Um, There's an or- episode coming up on yes. monday um so look out for that we're gonna have nor we're gonna have iman i kelsey. think Ke- kelsey is katie also on that one as well i don't think katie's in it oh, but okay. you never know she might be a last minute addition stay you tuned never know. to find out guys stay tuned guys <laughs> we're really excited thank you for listening to this podcast we'll leave you on that note stay tuned for monday and peace